Hi and welcome to Centrepoint Church at Home. So glad that you've tuned in this morning and uh, so glad that we're together in this way. And even though it's been another week of lots of changes and announcements and cancellations, and uh, even though we're not meeting together physically any longer, I, I trust this morning that we can truly continue to be closer than ever. And uh, even though we're physically and spatially distant, um, we're not going to be socially distant. We're still socially close. We're still speaking with one another. We're still encouraging one another. And that's what this, all, this is all about this morning. And uh, so because of social media, we can be closer than ever. Now, I understand that this is a difficult time for a lot of people. And, you know, for, for some of you, it's a, it's a health challenge. It's a, it's a medical challenge. And this morning, um, that we, we understand that and we, we care for you in that and realise that that creates its own stresses, it creates its own worries and concerns. Um, for many other people this morning, it's a, it's a financial crisis or a financial challenge. And all this week we've been inundated, we've heard about work cutbacks, um, people being um, let go of their jobs, being at home without pay. Uh, we hear of businesses struggling to survive, and and I know some of people people in your in our own church, you're in the same position where you're running and been building businesses for years, and you've had to sort of sit back and see it decline, and that creates a lot of anxiety, can create a lot of stress and a lot of worry, and uh, in time, I think this is also going to become an isolation crisis for many people as we're no longer able to have our usual face-to-face time, and that's why it's so important that we remain closer than ever. So I want to share a message this morning, which I trust will um, both instruct but really encourage us all today. And uh, I, w- I want to go back to my Closer Than Ever um, release that I did on Tuesday. And I want to go back and revisit uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. because I, I, And I just want to enlarge upon it because I really think it speaks to every one of us today. And it goes as... Follows. It says, For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so this morning I want to focus on how to have a sound mind. You know, it's it's natural to experience and feel fear. Uh, it's a human response to danger. And it's necessary for keeping us alive. It's it's actually necessary as a part of our survival. And uh you know, there is such thing as real fears. Um, you know, as a person who has a plumbing background, I spent a lot of time walking on roofs. Um, I was very fearful of falling off the edge of the roof and for good reason because if I fell, I was going to get hurt. And so the fear of falling off the edge of the building meant that we took care, we, we had safety measures in place um, and to keep us safe. And so it's very natural to have fears. It reminds me of the little boy who his mum was saying goodnight to and there was a thunderstorm happening and the little boy was quite fearful. And he said, Mum, would you stay with me tonight? Would you spend the night with me in my room? And uh, she said, look, no, I'm going to go and spend the night in Daddy's room. And there's a moment of silence and then the little boy says, the big sissy. I can imagine you all just falling over backwards at home laughing. Just just leave me in my imagination. Um, But fears are a very natural thing. But then there's fears in the realm of our imagination. And this is the one that I want to talk about this morning and want to address because you've got very real natural fears that, that are real. But then there's the realm of fear in our imagination. It's what you can't see. And that's why often people are afraid of the dark. We're scared of walking in the dark 
because it's what we can't see that we're fearful of. And I want you to notice that scripture doesn't say God didn't give us fear, but it says God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And what does that mean? It means this. It means a spirit of fear means that it's your natural disposition to be fearful. It's your trigger response. And a spirit of fear actually pulls your mind in a very clear direction. It it goes to the worst case scenario and it takes us down a track and we see vivid technicolor pictures of what could possibly happen. It gives you the worst case scenarios. Like you, you get a letter from Queensland Transport and straight away it's like, oh no, it's a speed camera fine. Speed camera fine. And, uh, and so you open the envelope very carefully and it's worse. It's more expensive. It's, a, it's your registration. But you get the picture. We naturally go to the worst case scenario and we can feel anxious. We feel a sense of panic. And then fear. Fear begins to prophesy to you. Do you know fear is a prophet? begins to prophesy. It begins to tell you what the future is going to be. Uh, begins to predict the future. You know, it says the plane will crash. The plane you're on is going to crash. You're going to die. You're all going to die. Um, you've been watching too much aircraft investigation uh, programs. And so, you know, you start to see all these pictures begin to come across your mind and it begins to prophesy to you. And then, it, then something strange happens. It turns you into a prophet. You too begin to prophesy the future. But you, you begin to predict the future to others. And uh, usually when fear speaks, it's not rational. Well, not rational. Um, it's not factual, nor is it logical. Uh, but fear definitely has a voice and it wants to speak to you and then it wants to speak through you. And that's what happens next. And dare I say it in this climate, fear begins to go viral. Um, you know, we begin to project our worst fears onto others. And why aren't you feeling the same as me? And uh, my, I think about my grandmother. Uh, it was well known that my grandmother had an absolute fear of, of water. She um, didn't want to swim. She wouldn't go near a swimming hole. She wouldn't swim in the river. And she passed that fear on to my mum. And my mum, as a result, also, she wouldn't swim. I never, ever knew my mother to go swimming. And so whenever we went swimming, and, and she, there was some of that tried was, was kind of uh, projected onto us. So whenever we went swimming, um, my mother was always a very anxious, worried woman. So fear tries to project itself onto others. And um, I just want you to know this morning that this isn't God because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Yes, there's natural fearful things that we need to respond to, but God didn't give us a spirit of fear, a natural inclination that pulls us down a path of all these possible scenarios. But instead he gave us, a, um, he gave us power, he gave us love, and he gave us a sound mind. And that literally means that God has given you the reins of your mind that, you know, fear wants to pull your mind in one direction, but you actually have, you're not helpless. You just don't have to be taken on this journey of fear. Instead, you actually have the capacity to pull the reins and pull your mind in a different direction. Because so much during this time, I believe, is a battleground and a battlefield of our minds. Because what you think is what you begin to feel. And then what you feel, you begin to act out of. And so what's going on in our minds is incredibly important. So I want to show you just um, in the next few minutes just how to have a sound mind and, and not to give in or be overwhelmed by fear. And we've got a great example of a, a king. In uh, We read about him in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. His name is Jehoshaphat. Um, we can call him Fatty if you like. Uh, he was the king of Judah. And uh, 
he finds himself in a situation where they are surrounded, the Bible says, by a vast army. They're in a very, very bad predicament. And uh, here's what happens. Um, Jehoshaphat, it says in um, verse 3, it says, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. So he was alarmed. Um, The King James Version says he was fearful. So we have this king, he's surrounded, he has a very real reason to be fearful. He was surrounded by a vast army and they weren't looking to treat them well. They were gonna, their families were in danger. Um, they would have killed women and children. Um, they would have destroyed their land. So this king had a very real reason to be fearful. And uh, it wasn't imagined. It was a very real threat. And, uh, and so it was a normal human response to be fearful in this situation. Can I just say COVID-19 is a very real threat. It's, it's very real. It's not imagined. It exists. It's out there. And so it's natural to fear it. But I want to look at how Jehoshaphat responded to that fear because this is the important thing. I want you to see the way he responded. It says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. What did he do firstly? Firstly, Jehoshaphat prayed. I don't know we come back to this time and time again, but it's just so important that our first response, our our first response is not going to run down a road of of, uh, where fear leads us, but our first response needs to be to pray. And I want to encourage you to continue at 7 o'clock on weekdays to pray. Set your alarm at 6.55 to go off because often we can just forget if you're anything like me. Set your alarm for uh, 6.55 and then at 7 o'clock just take some time to pray. Uh, Today, um, you may not be aware, but today has actually been proclaimed a day of prayer and fasting for the church across our nation. And I encourage you today to pray and we're going to pray that a vaccine will be found. We're going to pray that, um, that, that the coronavirus would come to an end. We're going to pray for our leaders as they lead us through. We're going to pray for a spiritual awakening. So the first thing he did was pray. In fact, uh, let me just read to you the prayer that he prayed. This is a prayer of a scared man. Um, and so just, just learn from this this morning. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence. Did you hear that? Plague or famine. We will stand in your presence before his temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a great prayer. That's the prayer of a scared, scared man. Learn from it this morning. And so the first thing he does is praise. And then the second thing he does is he worships. Listen to what it says in verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Now this is before anything has changed. They're still surrounded by their enemy. And so the first thing, the first response was to pray. Second, their second response is they begin to worship. You see, because what happened when they prayed was they began to experience the presence of God. They become confident that God was with them. And then that led them, they began to worship God. And uh, even though their situation hadn't changed, they were still able to get down and worship God. Um, you see, in fact, a part of the strategy that God gave them was to actually put an army 
uh, in front of their army that was going to go and attack this vast army that surrounded them was to put a group of worship leaders, a group of worshippers, and they were to go out in front of the army. And I think the lesson from that is this this morning, that even when we face our fears, keep on worshipping. Let me say that again. Even when you're facing some of your biggest fears, keep on worshipping. I want to thank the worship team um, for taking time to, um, to put together these worship segments that enable you and I to worship. And it was so important that we did that because why worship is an important part of facing our fears. Because worship gives us perspective. Um, it, it puts things into context. And when we begin to worship and see God in times of fear, it brings us peace. Because suddenly we see our fears in the context of a great God. And so worship is incredibly important. So worship, he prayed, he worshipped, and then he did something which I think is amazing. He waited. In verse 13, it says, All the men of Judah with their wives and their children and little ones stood before the Lord. They waited. You see, they'd had, they, they had peace because they had worshipped. And when because they had peace, it gave them the ability to wait. Here's the thing. You can be driven by either fear or you can be driven by peace. Because you can't wait when you're peaceful. And there's a lot of people at the moment being driven by, driven by nothing but fear at the moment. And I, I think Nikki's post that she put up on Friday was brilliant. And she said this. She said, be still and know. She quoted the scripture that said, be still and know that I am God. And I want to encourage you during this time, you pray, you worship God, the peace of God comes and that enables you to wait. I want to, I want to encourage you to wait before God. Wait for that still small voice of God. It says that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says, be still and know that I am God. You will know God in a way different if you can still yourself and if you can wait and let him speak to you. And so they prayed, they worshipped, they waited, and then they walked. They did something. In verse 20, it says this. It says, early in the morning they left for the desert of Decoa. In other words, they went out to fight this army with the worship team in front. There was something for them to do. There was an action to take. But here's the point I want you to notice. The action that they took was very different to the action that they would have taken had they not prayed. God even, they even did something that was unusual. They put a worship team in front of their army. And so there's an action for you and I to take. And it may even be a little unusual. It wouldn't be your normal intuitive response that you would normally respond with. Um, you know, where it was normal for you to let go, instead you might hang on. And where it was natural for you to, to hang on, you might be able to let go. You get the picture. But it will take you in a different direction. When you've worshipped and you've waited and you have the peace of God in your heart, your walk and your response is going to be different and take you in a different direction as if you hadn't done that. You see, you and I have a walk to walk. We have an action to do. During this coronavirus pandemic, there's an action for us to take and it's going to take us in a completely different direction to the spirit of fear. And so this morning, uh, today, let me just give you what I would call a sound mind plan. Um, 
One, just let me give you some real practical things. Here's a sound mind plan. We're going to need a sound mind plan. And because God wants us to have a sound mind. Uh, so very practically, one, we're going to, we're going to abide by uh, and, and take very seriously the things that we've been asked to do. We're going to um, make sure that we're spatially distanced from people. Um, we're, we're going to wash our hands. We're, we're going to be very careful of, you know, if we cough or sneeze, that we're protecting others from any, any harm or germs. So we're going to do all of that. But here's some very practical things which we can do to uh, have a sound mind plan. Um, I would encourage you to limit your screen time. Many of you are going to be home um, now. You're no longer able to go to your workplace. You're working from home. And the temptation is to have the TV on all the time or a news feed or to have it there on your computer. And you're, you're constantly bombarded with um, messages of from often from people that are very filled with fear. And I want to encourage you to be selective in what you listen to. And I've already said this before, but I say it to you again. There's a lot of people out there that are just, I would use the term, fear-mongering. Um, there's even a lot of, dare I say it, preachers that are um, you know, preaching some very fearful messages about end times and the end of the world and uh, doomsday kind of messages. And it's causing some people a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. Um, conspiracy theories. Uh, as I said before, there's a lot of different conspiracy theories. So just limit the screen time that you have. Um, and, and I would encourage you instead, put on some worship. Listen to something positive. And one of the things we want to do next week is send you out a playlist of some good worship that you can utilise and use. Um, then find a good routine. Uh, exercise. Exercise is incredibly important. Now, even though we're talking a lot about social media and the use of your screens, um, it's important also that you don't spend all your time on the screens. You know, we all know that screen time, too much screen time, screen time and screen time uh, is a problem. And so I would suggest that you, you work your day into a, you have a routine in your day where you limit your time actually on screen time and go and exercise. Go for a walk. Go and if you're allowed to walk, do, do whatever you need to do to get the blood flowing and the heart beating. Um, do some exercise. Uh, have a daily devotion. You know, read read this. Get, get into the Word. Get some of this into your heart. Um, you know, get, get just get a daily schedule where a routine where you're doing something consistently throughout the day. Uh, phone people at least once a day. Phone someone. Talk to them. Encourage them. Keep your conversations positive. Don't let them go down the fear pathway. And uh, and I've already mentioned. You know, pray. Take time. So get a routine. In your day. See, the opposite is to do this. The opposite is to, you know, just watch the screen feed all day. And it's very tempting to do so. It kind of hooks you in. And, you know, there's, you know, we've gone from 13 to the death toll in Australia has gone from 13 to 15. It's like, oh, and it's kind of like it constantly builds. We're, we're listening to conspiracy theories and uh, you don't look after yourself and you have constant negative conversations. And then you go to bed and you get up and you do it all again tomorrow. So don't do that. Make sure that you've got a sound mind plan and put those things into action. So we're going to pray, we're going to worship, we're going to wait, and we're going to walk. And the last thing is we're going to watch. We're going to watch. Look what it says in verse 22. It says, As they began to sing and praise the Lord... Let me start again. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were... Defeated. They were defeated. They came through it. Can I just say to you this today that God is going to bring us 
through it. Um, that was something that they couldn't imagine before. They couldn't imagine that possibly happening. And, uh, but because they prayed, because they worshipped, because they waited and then they walked, um, there was a completely different outcome that came through it. And I love this. I love what they did in verse 27. Look what they did. It says, Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. Listen to this. They entered Jerusalem, went to the temple of the Lord. They went to the temple of the Lord with harps, that'd be me, and lutes and trumpets. They went to church. And, uh, you know, they couldn't see that before. You wouldn't, when they found themselves surrounded by this vast army, they never imagined that they would be going back to the temple and worshiping God together. And, uh, can, can you see it? Can you see us coming through this? Can you see us being face to face again? You know, experiencing hospitality, the great hospitality team, putting on food and we're worshipping together, we're enjoying being face to face. And uh, I can see that. So we watch, just watch and see what God will do and know that God will be with us. Why? Because we don't have a spirit of fear. We're of a different spirit. Centerpoint Church, we are of a different spirit. We pray, we worship, we wait on God, we walk, and then we watch. We watch. Let me pray for you this morning as we close. Father, I just pray for the people of Centerpoint Church. I'm just praying today, Father, that you would be with them, that they would know your presence at this moment. Um, and even as people put prayer requests up, this morning, Lord, I, I just pray for those prayer requests that are going up. Lord, I'm praying that you would just send your word, bring answers um, to these requests and need. Father, this morning, I, I pray for protection for our people. I pray for healing to come. Pray that you'd watch over our people. Lord, for those that are um, feeling that weight of fear come upon them because of an uncertain future and uh, and fear is pulling their minds in a direction. Father, I thank you today that you have not given us that spirit of fear, but you've given us the reins today. And, and so today we, we pull the reins in a different direction. Father, we have that sound mind. And so, Father, I pray for sound minds for our people, that, Lord, what they think would, would, Lord, wouldn't lead to despair and despondency and then everything that flows out of that. But, God, what they think would be based in you and, and hope that we will come through this and, uh, and, and watching to see what you would do. So, Father, I pray for our church today. Thank you that we can gather this morning in this way. Um, let your presence be felt. May we experience your presence today in a very real way. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My question to you this morning is, have you asked Jesus into your life? You know, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the way. He said, I'm the truth. And I am the life. He's the way. Um, he's the way to God. Um, a lot of people have different ideas and thoughts about how they can make it to God and it's try a little harder or live a little bit better. But Jesus said that he was the way. Um, he's the truth, that truth that you're looking for. It's found in him and he's the life. That, that life that you're, looking, that you're looking for, that life that you would love to have, it's actually found in who Jesus is. And uh, and so, you know, he, Jesus also says, he said, I, I stand at the door of your heart and I, and I knock. And my encouragement this morning, in fact, my invitation to you this morning is for you to open the door of your heart and metaphorically speaking and just let Jesus in, invite him in. 
And he says, when you do that, he said, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. I'll dine with you. I'll commune with you. And it's, it's, it's personal. It's, it's something that becomes real and meaningful. And uh, when Jesus comes into your life, everything begins to change. And I just wonder if there are people watching me this morning. You've never done that. Um, simply just, you do that by simply just praying a prayer a little bit like this. Just, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I ask you to come into my life. I open the door of my heart. Please come in and, and have fellowship with me. I want to know you. I want to know you as my Lord. And I want to know you as my Savior. Um, and when you do that and you believe it, he does. And in a moment, when you've, as you've prayed that, Jesus comes into your life. So if you've done that this morning, if you'd like to do that, um, there's a, uh, a little button there you can actually press. It says, yes, I would like to ask Jesus into my life. You can see it in the chat um, or you can contact us in some way. We'd love to hear from you. So God bless you.